high. Lord, I give thy mic to my wife. Funny. For communion. Joe, could you put up uh, Luke 24, verse 13 to 20, 35, 13 to So I'm excited about the communion message because the Lord woke me up in the night with this story on on my mind. And it's the Emmaus disciples. And we've we've talked about this before, but we're going to read this together because as we read the word of God, there's power in it, right? Amen. There's power in the word. The Lord wanted us to read this today because he, there are times when we think he's not with us, right? We go through our life and we're, we're, like, we're like the disciples who are walking down the road to go on with their life because they just went through the biggest, hugest, most huge, how can I say it bigger? The biggest crushed dreams they ever had. Because all of the Jews in Jerusalem in those days were looking for the Messiah to rescue them because they were under Roman oppression. And they were waiting for the Messiah. And when Jesus came and he did miracles and he did wonders, and they thought, our king has come. And they thought their dreams of the Messiah were going to come true. And then he was taken and he was beaten. And with every lash that Jesus took, with every step he took, with the crown of thorns on his head as he was carrying the cross up the hill and the, and the blood and the tears and the sweat. The, the disciples were crying. They were in agony. They were embarrassed. They were defeated because their dream of King Jesus was going to be crucified. And they didn't have that in their picture book. 
in their picture book, they had Jesus coming down on the Roman government and crushing it and delivering them. That's what they saw. But what did they see? They saw Jesus crushed for us, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. So they were, they were sad. They were broken. They were hopeless. And Jesus, this wonderful story of his crucifixion and resurrection is from brokenness to wholeness. It's from no hope to hope eternal. And that's what he did for us that day. We know now, we know, it says the latter rain is greater than the first rain because we know what he did. We know he resurrected. We know the truth. So even though Jesus walked with them and they saw his miracles, we know the end. We know the plan. We have the word. So we're going to read this together, and we're going to read a story of two of the disciples that thought Jesus was dead and gone. Their dreams were broken. But who was with them the whole time? (laughs) You know the story, Ephraim. Jesus was walking down the road with them. And we'll read it where it says they were made so they couldn't recognize him. And then the final verse that we're going to read We're going to read it several times together, and yeah, we're going to read the word. It will take us some time, but it is God's word and the most holy word you could speak in your life, okay? So as you're reading, Father, I pray the power of God to come on this uh, congregation of your warriors, your warriors, Lord, for your kingdom, and that as we read this story We would never be like the disciples on the road to Emmaus because we know, right, Ephraim? We know that Jesus was there. All right, let's stand up together and read it together. Ready? Here we go. Now, that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. They saw him crucified, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priest and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. 
But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. Women are amazing. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But they didn't see him. Yeah. <laughs> he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Aim. Is there one more verse? Or that's it, right? That's it. So, verse 35, we're going to read it again. Then the two told what happened on the way. Read it with me. And how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Say, when he broke the the bread. Say it again. When he broke the bread. Say it again. When he broke the bread. One more time. When he broke the bread. We read over those verses and those are the secret passages. Those are the keys to the treasure box. Right? The treasure that Jesus has given to us. And that's what we're going to do today. 
we're going to break the bread. And he says, then they began to describe what happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. And Lord, we claim that scripture this morning. Let's hold up our bread. Let's hold up the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life. And this little act that we're going to do today, this little breaking of the bread, Lord, reveal to us who you are in our spirit man, in our soul, deep in our soul, and deliver us from the hand of the enemy as your reality comes flowing into us, Lord God, this morning. Let's take the bread and break it and partake together. Lord, reveal yourself to us. Your words to me this morning were, you are there and you care. And Lord, I pray that we would remember that. No matter where we are, no matter how it looks, you are there and you care. Lord, we, there are so many times, Lord, that there are people and places and things that you have lined up for us. We think our life is a coincidence but there are no coincidences in your kingdom. And Father, we pray, open our eyes as you open the eyes of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Open our eyes this morning to see you, to hear you, to know you, to know when we think we're alone, you're there and you care. And you're watching and you're watching over us. And we praise you and we thank you Lord, by your supernatural power, reveal yourself to us this morning. And we take, Lord, this cup. Let's take the cup together and raise it to the Lord. Jesus, your blood given for us, your blood given on the cross, shed because of your great love, because of your great love. And your blood provides so many things for us. The forgiveness of sin as we call out to you. We are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Our provision, our protection, our healing, our victory, everything you won for us through your blood given for us. And we partake together. We praise you. We praise you, God, for each person here, Lord. Lord, we know your plan is perfect. And we pray, God, that you would give us the courage through the blood and the bread, through the body of Christ in us, the blood of Jesus in us, your children. And we just dedicate ourselves this week 
to looking for you, to seeking you, because your word says when we seek you with all our heart, we will find you. Speak to us, Lord, inside our heart, inside our spirit, all around us, through people we meet, through uh, different things we see that cause us to just be amazed at your beauty and your glory. And we just, we just praise you together for all that you're going to do. Guide us on our path, on our road to Emmaus. And everyone said, Amen. 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 I missed a note on National Boot Day. Thank you, Jesus. God is good. Amen. It's time to take up an offering. Come on down, Grace. We might be small, but we are strong. Amen. Father, we just thank you and praise you for your tithes and offering that you're bringing in this place. I thank you and praise you for, Lord God, that we're training up our young ones to, to know about tithing, teaching them about tithing and your principles, Lord God, and that giving into your kingdom, Lord God, where rust and moth will never devour, where it will be stored up for us, Lord God, and, and where, Lord God, we're giving to you cheerfully, Lord. And we just thank you for that, and we just give you all the praise. I thank you for what you're doing and what you're going to do in this place and what you're going to do most of all in each one of our lives, Lord God. And I thank you for what your son Jesus has done for us. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. The title of my sermon, Joe, just so you know, should be How We Should Live. How We Should Be Living. Amen. We are living in some crazy times. Amen. Crazy. I've been watching Paul Begley and Mike from around the world. Sorry, but you know, you get kind of fired up watching him sometimes. But we are living in some wild times. The news, the world's eyes are all on Ukraine and Russia. The news channels are already talking about World War III. We're watching people being murdered and cities being destroyed. We're hearing of Iran launching missiles, North Korea launching missiles, and China is like a crouching tiger just waiting to pounce on Taiwan. We have NATO armies all over the borders of our NATO allies in Europe, bordering Russia and Ukraine, just waiting for Russia to make a mistake, just waiting for Russia to cross the line. I heard this morning that, that Russia launched a supersonic missile And that Putin is not afraid to use nuclear weapons. 
We are living in the end days. Talks of famines, food shortages, supply chain crisis, they're already talking about it. Unpredictable weather patterns, flooding, earthquakes, volcanoes. It's crazy out there. Isn't it? It's crazy out there right now. Look at my short sermon today. See that? Short sermon. All this, that's crazy too. It'll probably be one of the longest sermons I've ever preached. But all of this, Jesus warned us all about this. We should not be shocked. Jesus told us all about it in Matthew chapter 24 and in Luke chapter 21. And it's going to get worse before it gets better. We must keep watch always and pray. Jesus said himself, he said, be careful. In Luke chapter 21 verse 14, he said, be careful or your heart will be weighed down. With dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. And that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Amen? For it is going to come. And it is coming. It is happening right now, right before our very eyes. It is happening. It is coming. And it will come for all those who are on the face of the earth. That's us. Last time I know, I knew I was standing on... The earth. I have not been raptured yet. We have not been raptured yet. And we're still here. I believe we might go through a little bit of these trials. You know what these trials are? It's a testing of your faith. It's a sifting. What side are you going to stand on? Are you going to stand on faith? Or are you going to stand on fear? Are you going to live under God's rules or are you going to live under man's rules? Amen? And that day of the Lord is coming. It's coming soon. Sooner. Each day brings it closer and closer and closer. So how should we be living? You know, this is always on my mind in these end days because it's so easy for us to get caught up watching the news, looking at destruction and devastation. And it's, and it's like all these woes. We need to be looking up and saying, Hallelujah, thank God our redemption is drawing near. Amen? We should be praising God and standing on faith that no matter what happens in this world, that God is with me and that He is for me and that He will not let me fail and He will not forsake me. And he will never fail. And it's just like this right here. For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, says the Lord. 
And I was sitting there and I was reading that. It's so true. And I bet you the people in Ukraine right now, they're living it. They're living that. They're seeing things being destroyed, devastated. Death. War is not pretty. But God's love has never changed. God's love will never fail. And God's love is always there. Amen? You just stand faithful. And stand in faith no matter what happens. So how we should be living. Peter talks about it. In 1 Peter chapter 1. This is to God's elect. Strangers in the world. Scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Cappadocia, (laughs) Asia, and Bithynia. Who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. The Father. The foreknowledge of God the Father. Who have been chosen. You have been chosen. According to the foreknowledge of God. That's an amazing statement right there. That God chose you. Through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and the sprinkling by His blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And we just took part of communion. The resurrected Christ, we just read about him on the road to Emmaus. In that is we have our hope. Even though we have not seen Jesus, even though we have not really walked with Jesus in the flesh, We know of Jesus. We know the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us all the time. He leads us and he guides us. We know him by his word. The disciples didn't have this. I ponder this question all the time. And these thoughts go through my mind all the time. The disciples didn't have the whole Bible. They didn't have the whole New Testament written down. They were writing it. They lived it. They walked with him. They prayed. They sought him. And Jesus was giving them revelation. Then they wrote down everything that they could remember and what what was happening and how God was moving and how the Spirit moved on them to write it down. It says... In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power. Amen? 
We are shielded by God's power. This world can be taken away from us. Our lives can be taken from us. But our eternity can never be shaken, can never be taken from us. If we stand on the word of God and on his promises and by faith. Amen. God says that he will, it's his power and his shield. And that we are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice through, through though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come. So look at this. Think about this. When you have grief and you have trials. Think about what God is doing in your life. Think about where God is taking you. And how God is taking you through these trials. Through these griefs. They have come so that our faith, your faith, my faith, is a greater worth than gold. Which perishes, even though it's refined by fire. May be proved genuine may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, and this is, this is amazing, because this is Peter talking about us. Though we haven't seen him, and even, even, even Peter talking then to, his, to the people he was ministering to, Jesus was already gone. He was already resurrected. He already ascended. He already had the 40 days that he walked and talked after his resurrection with his disciples. And then he ascended into heaven. He's saying to them, and he's saying to us, although you have not seen him, you love him. And are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you when they spoke of the things that have now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you, by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It says even angels long to look into these things. But God didn't reveal it to angels. God revealed it to man. He revealed it to his prophets. And his prophets longed for those days. They longed. They, they would have just been joy. I couldn't imagine how they would have been overwhelmed, how they would have felt overwhelmed if they actually saw the things that God was telling them. 
about Jesus, about his coming, about his salvation plan. Can you imagine Isaiah? How he said he'd be born of a virgin. And if he saw all these things happen, how he was slain like a lamb led to slaughter. Therefore, since we're going through all these trials, and we're going through trials, our world is going through trials. It's going through more than birthing pains at this moment. It says, prepare your minds for action. So this is how we should live. This is how we should think. We should be prepared. We need to prepare our minds for action. We need to be self-controlled. We need to set our hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, be holy in all you do. Right? So how should we live? We should, be, we should be living prepared. With your feet fitted with the gospel. Right? Like the full armor of God. Shod your feet with the gospel. We should be self-controlled. Putting on the helmet of salvation. Covering our minds. Protecting our thoughts. Keeping the enemy out of there. Right? We should always be looking up to the hope and the glory of what Jesus is coming. To the glory of Jesus is coming and the hope that we have through the salvation that we have that Jesus gave us as a gift. For the eternity that we have that God is building for us in heaven. That he has is, he is stored up all these great things for us. We should be holy. We should live holy lives. It says, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. Strangers here in reverent fear. That reminds me of working out your salvation with fear and trembling. Don't take things for granted. We all have been given a choice. We can either choose to walk with God, or we can choose not to walk with God. And we can also choose to leave God. Right there, those are things right there that I don't even want to mess with. You don't even want to mess with choosing to leave God. What are the alternatives? Hell? Does that sound like a pleasant place to go? No. There's only two alternatives. Everlasting life or everlasting death. Well, I think I'm going to choose life. Okay? You don't want to mess around with it. You don't want to be leaving God. Right now, many are leaving. 
Many are falling away from the faith. Thousands of people have fled churches and have left churches. You don't want to be messing with your salvation. That's eternity. You want to stand on solid ground and you want to be rooted in there deep. Dig yourself right in. Dig it in. <laughs> Don't call this world home because it's not our home. You know, it's so easy for us to be caught up in our homes, our properties, our businesses, our daily lives. You don't want to let it go. We have to let it go. Our lives are but a short period of time. Don't get bound down to property. Don't get bound down to your house. God can call you to leave it and sell it and move. We have to be willing to go wherever the Spirit leads us. Amen? And that's hard. Those are hard things. Be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live as strangers here in reverent fear. This world is not my home. There's a song like that. I can't think of it. But this world is not my home. Our home is eternity. Our home is in heaven with the Lord. Amen? For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defeat. He was chosen before the creation of the world. He was chosen before the creation of the world. God had a plan before he even created man. Amen? God has a plan, but was revealed in these last days for your sake. Through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Did you hear that? Let's say that. My faith, my faith, let's say it together. My faith and hope are in God. Try it again. My faith and hope are in God. That's where we put our faith, amen? It's in God. It's in no man. It's in nobody. It's in no place. It's in no thing. It's in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply. How should we live? We live by faith in God. We live by hope in God. We live by loving our brothers and our sisters deeply. From the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass. What are men like? Grass. In all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers. Let's say it. The grass 
withers and the flowers fall. And the flowers fall. But the word, let's say it together, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Remember that. All men are like grass. Our lives are short. And all our glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Know that you have tasted the Lord, and the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built. Say this, I'm being built. I'm being built. Into a spiritual house. Let's say it. Into a spiritual house. To be holy. Let's say it. To be holy. Priesthood. Let's try that again. I'm being built. Into a spiritual house. To be a holy priesthood. Amen. Offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, Say, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious stone. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, the stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. And a stone that causes men to stumble. And a rock that makes them fall. They stumble. Why do they stumble? Because they disobey. The message. Why do they stumble? That's right. Which is also what they were destined for. But let's say this together. Let's stand up and say this together. And we're going to close with this. But, we got to get to it. Let's read it together. Come on, Ephraim. Come on, my Ephraimites. We're going to read this together. You ready? And we're going to proclaim it. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Amen. Once you were not, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens, Strangers in the world, to abstain from sinful desires, which war against your soul. 
Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. But what are you? You're a chosen people. Let's say it. I'm a chosen people. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a people set apart from God to do what? Good works. Amen? That's how we should be living right now. Right? That's how we should be living. We should be living as a royal priesthood, a holy people, a people set apart from God to do good works. Amen? So I want you to think about those things this week as you go on this week. Think about how you should be living. Think about what God wants you. Remember, God is holy and you should be holy. Amen? Any, any thought that comes to your mind that's not of God, rebuke it. And rebuke the devil and cast him out in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So you get an unholy thought, what are you going to do? Rebuke it. You're going to cast it out in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Lord, we just thank you while everybody's standing. We give you all the praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name for this day. Help us to live godly, such good lives, that, Lord God, even the pagans, the heathens, and some of our friends may see your good works in us, may see you in us, and may ask us, Lord, what do they have that I don't have? I want what they have. I want that Jesus that's in them, Lord God. And that we may be able to bring them to salvation. We may be able to shod our feet with the gospel and give the good news. Amen? Amen? So, Lord, I thank you and praise you for this day, and I thank you for this word. Pray that you would help us, help those that are going through trials and tribulations and struggles that, Lord, we know nothing of. Lord God, I pray that you would be with them and deliver them and set them free, protect them, that, Lord God, you would be their shield, their rampart, their stronghold, Lord God. I pray that you would encompass them and protect those. That, Lord God, right now in Jesus' name in Ukraine that are going through struggles that, like I said, can, we, can only, we can't even imagine. Lord God, help them, protect them, lead them out, Lord God. Lord God, and I pray for all those around the world that are being persecuted by your name. Lord God, I pray that you would be with them. Also, Lord God, deliver them from, their, from their, the evil that's out there, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that you would set them free in Jesus' name. And Lord, help us today to live such good lives, to be holy, Lord God, to be mindful of you. And Lord, give us the strength. Lord, I pray for your Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. Give us the strength, Lord God. Send your angels to minister to us in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.